This morning, we move into the chapter 7 of the epistle to the Hebrews. It's, again, a two-part sermon, part one today and in the will of the Lord, part two next Sunday. The title for both of these parts of these messages on Hebrews 7 is Jesus, our perfect forever high priest. Let me begin by giving you the central point of chapter 7 in Hebrews. It's this. The priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. You say, what are all these orders? We're going to get to that. But the main point of the chapter, the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. That's what chapter 7 is driving at. And in chapter 7, there are three arguments presented to prove the point. And here, by overview, are the three arguments. Number one, there is an historical argument. That's in verses 1 to 10. And the principal parties cited in this argument is Melchizedek and Abraham. The second argument is the doctrinal argument found in verses 11 to 25. And here the principal parties cited are Christ and Aaron. And then the third argument is the practical argument. We see it in verses 26 to 28. And the principles cited in this argument are Christ and the believer. And so today, in this part one sermon on Hebrews chapter 7, we are only going to look at the historical argument and the doctrinal argument. The Lord willing, next time in part two, that sermon on Hebrews 7 will look at the practical argument. And remember, the argument, whether it's based on history or doctrine or practice, is that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. And so let's look first at the historical argument that features Melchizedek and Abraham, the historical argument. I'm going to read the first 10 verses of Hebrews chapter 7. Hear the word of the Lord. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham apportioned a tenth of all the spoils, was first of all, by the translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he abides a priest uh, perpetually. Verse 4. Now observe how great this man who was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the choicest spoils. And those indeed of the sons of Levi who received the priest's office have commandment in the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brethren, although these are descended from Abraham. 
But the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. But without any dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater. And in this case, mortal men receive tithes, but in that case, one receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives on. And so to speak, through Abraham, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. These verses are arguing that a man named Melchizedek, he was a king, was superior to Abraham for a few reasons. These are some of the reasons that I've just read. Melchizedek was superior to Abraham because, one, he was both a king and a priest. We see that in verse 1. He was also superior to Abraham because he received tithes from Abraham. We see that in the first part of verse 2. He was superior to Abraham because his name meant king of righteousness and peace. We see that in verse 2. Still arguing, Melchizedek was superior to Abraham because his family history was different. Verse 3. And last, fifth, he had authority to bless Abraham. Melchizedek did. That's verses 4 to 10. Now, one thing not to miss here in the arguing that Melchizedek was superior to Abraham, the argument is also made that Melchizedek was superior to the tribe of Levi. Recall that all of Israel's priests had to come from the tribe of Levi. And so the point is being made in these verses that Melchizedek was superior to this tribe of Levi and to, therefore, every high priest especially Aaron in view, who was from the tribe of Levi. Let me go to the second argument of the superiority of Jesus Christ's priesthood over Aaron's priesthood because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. So after an historical argument comes a doctrinal argument, and the two primary persons cited in this doctrinal argument are Christ and Aaron. And let me begin by saying that verses 11 to 25 are a very long section of the chapter. And we'll get to reading that in sections, but let me start by observing that this section takes Melchizedek's superiority to the tribe of Levi and to the high priest Aaron even further. This section argues that Melchizedek has replaced high priest Aaron. Why? What are we going to see in this section of chapter 7 that makes the point that in reality, Melchizedek has replaced the high priest of Israel whose name was Aaron? Why is that case made? Why was that replacement weighed? Well, number one, because both the priesthood and the law were imperfect. Both the Jewish priesthood and the Jewish law were imperfect. And then we see in verses 11 to 14 of our chapter, now if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the people received the law, 
What further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? 12. For when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place a change of law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe, from which no one has officiated at the altar. Verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe with reference to which Moses spoke nothing according to the priests. So the first reason the verses are making the point that Melchizedek had actually replaced the high priest Aaron was because the Jewish priesthood and the Jewish law were both imperfect. Going down to verse 17. For it is witnessed of him, thou art a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, not Aaron. So the Old Testament priests and the Old Testament law couldn't complete the work of God in any human heart. But now the high priest from the tribe of Judah, not from the usual tribe of Levi, namely the Lord Jesus Christ, that high priest, he ministers to us. And the Old Testament law has been changed. In what way? Well, first, it has been fulfilled in Christ. It has been fulfilled in Christ. In the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus in Matthew 5, verse 17 said and taught, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. So Jesus Christ has fulfilled the Old Testament law, and that allows that Old Testament law to be taken out of the way. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, listen. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, now here it comes, and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross. And so the priesthood of the Jews and the law of the Jews, both were imperfect. But now the believers like you and me, we have a high priest, not from the tribe of Levi, but from the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ. And in him, all the Old Testament law has changed because in him, all the Old Testament law has been fulfilled. But not only that, Christ has taken the Old Testament law out of the way. But there's more. The believer has been set free from the law. You have been set free from the law if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. It says in Galatians 5, verses 1 to 6, this. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. 
You have been severed from Christ. You are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. But faith working through love. And so there's more. Not only is the Old Testament priesthood and law imperfect, and not only has Christ fulfilled the law, taken the law out of the way for his believers, and the believers have been set free from the law, but also the believer has been made to be dead to the law. Dead to the law. We see that in Romans 7, verses 1 through 4, that we're dead to the law. Or do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives? For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law. I'll read that again. You also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. And so we're in a section, a doctrinal section, where we're seeing that the argument is being made that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. We have seen, first of all, uh, that the priesthood of the Jews and the law of the Jews were both imperfect. A second reason for that superiority of the Melchizedek uh, high priesthood is because, number two, being, because being imperfect, both the priesthood and the law could not continue forever. And that is verses 15 through 19, Hebrews 7. And this is clearer still. If another priest arises according in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of a law of physical requirement, but according to the power of an indestructible life, for it is witnessed of him, thou art a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, there is a setting aside of the former commandment because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And so this point is that because both the law and the priesthood of the Jews in the Old Testament were both imperfect, they neither one could continue on forever. And only Jesus Christ is the priest who carries on forever, never to die after his resurrection. And God the Father has declared this in these verses. And so it's very fitting because Christ is the eternal Son of God, and so logically, the Lord Jesus Christ cannot ever be replaced 
unlike all the Levitical priests that came before him. They all could be replaced and were. Verse 19 was particularly tailor-made for the first readers because, you remember, they were being tempted to go back to Judaism, to apostatize and to go back to Judaism. So verse 19 was especially targeted to talk to them and to counsel them. And the satisfying point of verse 19 is this. Jesus Christ has already accomplished what the law could never accomplish. And so the question of those tempted to go back to Judaism, why would you go back? Jesus Christ is the one who has accomplished what no one has ever accomplished as an Old Testament priest or high priest. And because Jesus Christ has already accomplished what the law could never accomplish, therefore, Jesus Christ has brought in a better hope. And plus, he allows all who believe in him to draw near to God. So listen to verse 19. It was a very tailor-made verse for the first readers of the epistle, but it still has application to us in the 21st century. Verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect. And on the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. So in other words, the warning to them, the first readers, to go back to Judaism would mean losing out on the enjoyment of their fellowship with God that came through Jesus Christ. And the only hope of Judaism was the coming of Christ. And that blessing had to become a reality to Jews who believed in Jesus as their Messiah and Savior. And so we're making the point, the text is making the point that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. It's making the point that this is because both the priesthood and the law of the Jews were imperfect. Second point being made, because being imperfect, both the priesthood and the law could not continue forever. And now we're down to point three in this uh, argumentation. Point three, because God's oath cannot be broken. Because God's oath cannot be broken. People can and often do break their oaths. Uh, marriage vows, uh, pledges of loyalty to a country of citizenship. People often break their oaths, but God never, never uh, breaks his oath. And we see in verses 20 to 22 these points. And inasmuch as it was not without an oath, for they indeed became priests without an oath, but he with an oath through the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. Thou art a priest forever, verse 22. So much the more also Christ has become the guarantee of a better covenant. The Lord Jesus Christ's heavenly priesthood was established on the basis of his work done on the cross and based upon his character and based upon the oath of God. Verse 21 again. For they indeed became priests without an oath, but he, with an oath through the one who said to him, 
The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. Thou art a priest forever. Verse 22, so much the more also Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. The Lord Jesus Christ, his heavenly, to say it again, his heavenly priesthood was established on earth on the cross and also by his sinless character and by the oath of his heavenly father. And the oath of God the Father sets both the permanence and the assurance of the Lord Jesus Christ's forever priesthood firmly in place. There will never be a time when Jesus Christ will fail to be, cease to be, stop being your high priest in all of eternity. And here and now, with the Lord Jesus as our permanent priest, Number one, we can be sure that our standing with God will endure. Two, we can know that we will not be abandoned by God. Three, we have a guarantee that all salvation promises will be fulfilled. Four, we can be settled that God is satisfied with the covenant, covenant also known as the testament, which he has established. We call it the new covenant or the New Testament. Five, we have basis for a no-so and not merely a hope-so salvation. There's a fourth reason the text argues that the um, priesthood of Melchizedek is, uh, or rather the priesthood of Jesus Christ, pardon me, is superior to that of Aaron because of the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. And the fourth reason in our passage, because being Men, the priest died. <laughs> they couldn't point to any priest in the wilderness, any priest when they were in the promised land. They couldn't point to any priest as Jews who never died. They all died eventually. Being mere men, the priest died. And this is the point of verses 23 to 25. And the former priests, on the one hand, existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing, but he, on the other hand, because he abides forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Verse 25. Hence also he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And so there were many Old Testament priests. It had to be, because they, from time to time, they all died. There had to be plenty of them. No priest in Israel's camp or nation was exempt from dying. Our Lord, on the other hand, is alive forevermore after dying for us on the cross. He is deathless now. He cannot die now. He will not die now. And what a difference that kind of a high priest makes for the likes of you and me. So currently in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ's priestly work is both valid to God the Father and unchangeable. This means that although the our ongoings here on earth are unpredictable, COVID-19, that means that although our goings on here are unpredictable and shifting, the goings on that are in heaven are settled and enduring. Our high priest, the Lord Jesus, sees to that. We have chaos here, 
Almost constantly, there's upset, unpredictability, injustice, what have you. It's a mess. <laughs> Largely, it's a mess. But the chaos that we experience here is in sharp contrast to the constancy that we're going to greet when we get to heaven and the constancy that's already there in heaven with its tranquility and peace and the sovereign rule and reign of God. So this is a rather intricate, uh, complicated, I must confess, uh, sermon perhaps on on a difficult passage. But again, to say it again, I hope you're catching the drift. I've said it several times on purpose because we need to catch it. The priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. And we've seen in the message already that that is true historically because Melchizedek was superior to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants who eventually became priests in the orders of Levi, order of Levi. And Melchizedek was a king and a priest and something which the subsequent priests after him from the tribe of Levi could not be. They could not be a king and a priest. And we're seeing that this superior priesthood of Jesus Christ to that of Aaron is because of the order of Melchizedek is superior to the law of Levi. We see it's true doctrinally because Melchizedek has replaced the high priest Aaron. We saw four reasons that he has. Number one, because both the priesthood and the law were imperfect. Number two, because being imperfect, both the priesthood and the law could not continue forever. And three, because God's oath cannot be broken. And four, because being men, the priests died. Now, to try to wrap this uh, sermon up about the Lord Jesus Christ being the greatest high priest possible, uh, let me illustrate with uh, eBay, of all things. If you give a $500 eBay gift card to a person who knows nothing about computers, to a person who knows nothing about the internet, to a person who knows nothing about eBay, then you can be sure that your $500 eBay gift card will be underappreciated by the person you give it for the person that receives it, excuse me. He'll be underappreciated. Doesn't know what he's got. Has no idea. You see, you have to know something about what eBay offers for sale to appreciate a $500 eBay gift card. You would have to discover, if you weren't familiar with eBay, you would have to discover that eBay sells everything from vitamins to vacations and everything from charm bracelets to cars. And when you come to understand what what eBay sells, then when you're holding a $500 eBay gift card, you appreciate it. Where you didn't before when you didn't know anything about eBay or the internet. Let's move from eBay to Emmanuel. When a sermon like this one tells you that the Lord Jesus Christ is your perfect and forever high priest, you have to know what that includes 
for you to properly appreciate your high priest in heaven. You need to know from Scripture what the Lord Jesus Christ, your perfect forever high priest, is doing for you in heaven. You need to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ, what he's doing, covers everything from giving and advocating and everything from forgiving and restoring. Just because we can't see his ministry right now, it doesn't mean there isn't that valuable ministry going on right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the point that Hebrews 7 has made for us that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is the most uh, important and supreme priest, high priest of believers. And there was no priestly ministry under Aaron that was more important than Jesus and no priest in the order of Levi more important than Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being our great high priest. Help us to ponder these things. Consider what you're doing for us in an ongoing way. For we ask this in your holy and exalted name together. Amen.